You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. We're just going to jump right in. Uh, No time to delay. Lots of fun things. We've got the kids coming in afterwards for a little VBS surprise. Um, Just something that they learned uh, during VBS. So we're going to close out the service with that. So really excited. But we're going to start today in Ephesians 2, 10. It's going to be on the screen. We'll just be there very quickly. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Church, we talked about last week that we are his workmanship. We are anointed and made for good works, and you are made for action. There is no such thing as good works that take place because of a stagnant lifestyle. An active lifestyle is what you were created for. Active is the kingdom of God. You are anointed to be the solution to problems you did not cause, messes you did not make. You are the ones that the Lord has sent into these places to be the change, and to bring the transformation. You are the solution in Christ. You are the solution. For you carry the presence of the author and perfecter. Amen? Amen. But to be the solution, we must receive and then move forward. You cannot give away what you have not yet received. I cannot give away freedom to my neighbor if I am still living in bondage. Just because I believe it, just because I say it, and I I know the freedom of the Lord, if I haven't received it for myself, I can impart it to no one. What I will impart is what what I have received. If you've received a spirit of slavery, you will impart a spirit of slavery. But you have not received a spirit of slavery. You have received a spirit of adoption. As sons and daughters, you are royalty in the kingdom of heaven, and you are meant to impart such truth. Amen? We are not meant to be stagnant people. And we will not be a stagnant people. Amen? Amen. I will not be stagnant. Say with me. I will not be stagnant. I will not be stagnant. I will not be stagnant. Watch my lips move. We will not be stagnant. What happens to water? The thing we need for life. We've said this, but I love this analogy and I'm going to keep going back to it. What happens to the thing necessary for you to live on this earth if it stops moving? Water, meant for you to keep you alive, if it ceases to move, will become the very thing that kills you. You are meant for an active life, for a life that is moving forward. What did he say to the Israelites as they they stood on the hill and they could hear the Egyptians coming after them? What did the Lord say? Move forward. Move forward. Stop standing still because if they stood still, if they refused to move and be obedient to what the Lord had said, they would have been consumed by that which was chasing them. But you are meant to move forward in obedience to the Lord. Amen? Amen. We are, we as Christians, individually, have had a hard time with this word of action. Um, I I had a, I I grew up at a church, and this isn't a negative thing, but I, I grew up at a church, and, um, we would have a Sunday where they called it the church has left the building. And we would go throughout Katy, Texas and do all these different service projects. That, that didn't come out of, and, and having conversations with these pastors, that did not come out of obedience. That came out of recognizing a need for us to be active and not, 
not having any luck getting the church to be active individually. So what did they do? They just planned a day where you, you're going to look bad if you don't show up and be active. I, did, I didn't enjoy it, but it, it, was a, it was a cool concept. It was a, it was a fun activity. But we as Christians have had an issue with action. And, and some of the reasons why is that we doubt our ability. We think surely the Lord wants someone better. What was that song that I was telling you about that these, these kids are writing these songs now about these truths of the Lord that they think this is actual truth. It is not truth. It's demonic doctrine because that's not who the Lord is. But those lines from the song, Lord, don't give up on me yet because I know I'm not your best bet. That's a worship song of the youth today. It's huge. It's all over YouTube. It's up in the charts on Spotify and iTunes and all this different stuff. That's what they're singing about Jesus. They're worried that they're pleading with him to not abandon them. And they're looking at themselves and they're like, man, I know I don't, I'm not much to work with. I know I am so less than. And there's got to be people better than me. But if you, would, if you would let me, that is a servant mentality. That is a slave mentality that our youth have adopted. And they're pleading with Jesus. I wa- I'm telling you, I, c- I watch this video all the time. I can't help it. I just have to keep going back. And they're singing this song and these people are on their knees, these kids on their knees in tears, pleading with the Lord to not abandon them because this is the God that they've been shown. They've been shown a people who doubt who the Lord has called them to be and have lived with this mentality of someone else will come and do it. Not because of lazy, some of it has been apathy, sure, that exists, but so much of it has been viewing yourself as less than capable of what the Lord has called you into. And so what does it do? It keeps you still. If there is anything keeping you from moving forward in obedience to God, you rebuke it in Jesus' name because that is not of Him. You hear what I'm saying? That is not in His nature for you to stand still and be destroyed by that which is pursuing you. You are meant to move forward. Amen? But we think, we doubt our ability. Surely the Lord wants somebody better. Or we are afraid to say yes to God because we think it's going to be, we think it's going to be an embarrassing thing that he asks us to do or it's going to require you to sell everything and live under a bridge like a troll or, or move to another country at the drop of a hat and he's just going to uproot your entire life and put you somewhere else. But honestly, that's probably not going to happen. That's probably not going to be what he leads you to. But just for a second, let's play devil's advocate here. Just for a second, let's say he does. The issue that we have with this fear of I'm I'm afraid of what the Lord, when I say yes, what he's going to ask me to do. And as I was sitting with the Lord in this, and I've thought it was different things, but what he said for right now, what he sees, what the Lord is seeing, is that it is a lack of trust in the goodness of God. And the goodness of God to be for me and not against me. We lack trust in the goodness of God. And it keeps us still. Because if the Lord asked me tomorrow to uproot my family and move to Kenya, would I do it? I don't know. I'd be scared. I'd be nervous. A little bit confused. But at the end of it all, do I trust in the goodness of God to be for me and not against me? This was a lesson that Sarah and I have learned very, very well. 
because we were called to a place we did not know. We were still in the same state, but East Texas and West Texas might as well be different countries <laughs> on other sides of the world, right? Um, they've got trees, not as many teeth. You guys have your teeth, no trees, right? Like that's not. Sorry, East Texas people, I love you. Don't hate me. Um, they're different places. Our families were in East Texas. All right, my, my family was in Houston. Everyone I've ever known, everything that was comfortable. And where does the Lord call me? He calls me to a place that I at first thought, I've told you this many times when Kendall said, let's go to sundown Texas. I was like, how, like where in Texas at sundown? I thought, because it, it was a time of day until I heard it was an actual town. I found out, though, as you all know, that the West Texas people are a very literal people, right? We've got sundown. We've got, we found some ropes that way. Uh, there's planes back that way. Somebody had a white face over there. I don't know. There's a level land just that way. Uh, very literal people. And we get called out here, and Sarah and I, for three years, for three years, lived in doubt of the goodness of God, thinking that we would be better off if we sold everything and left and went back to where we were comfortable. And I was sharing this this week in counseling that it was at that stop sign right there. I was driving home when the Lord said, would you rather be where I am than you would have yourself be? And I just came to this point, Lord, yeah, I want to be where you are, not where I would have me be right now. I'd rather be where you are. And at that moment, I realized that all of a sudden I began to trust in the goodness of God. And in that trust, it opened up more doors and more blessing than I could have ever fathomed. And this place has become our heart. I, there, are, there are days, I was sharing this this week, there are days where I, I will drive home so angry at this city. So frustrated because I just feel like we're not getting stuff done. We're not, we're not receiving. We're not moving quick enough. Or, or, you know, the person that you thought was in your corner one day is the one that's bringing, sharpening the knives uh, the next. And I've, I've left frustrated, but at the end of it all, the Lord has asked me, and he's asked me this several times. He's like, well, do you want to leave? Just like, no. This, this is our home. And we trust in the goodness of God. And that is lacking in the believer that we, we don't, we, we, have no trust in the goodness of God to be for us and not against us. Psalm 23, 6 says, Surely the goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Galatians 5, 22-23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such thing there is no law. Trust in the goodness of God, church, because when we step into the will of God, when we say yes, He cannot help but produce goodness towards you. It is a fruit of who He is. Does an apple tree one day wake up and choose to be who it is? No. It produces the fruit because that is what it is written to be. That is what it was created to be, the Spirit of God. The fruit of God. One of those is goodness. So when we step into the will of God, there is no way to experience anything but the goodness of God, even in the hard days, even in the, the uncomfortable days, the days that we never hope to relive, we will find the goodness of God pursuing us through the storm. Amen. Not just on the mountaintop, amen? Where did the goodness of God go in the valley of dry bones? It was in the valley. Yes. 
with the bones. The goodness of God went down into there. It spoke over them and it brought out a mighty army. Because the goodness of God will pursue you all the days of your life. Amen? It is who He is. He cannot produce anything but this. Trust in His goodness. But church, He isn't asking you to live under a bridge today or move to another nation or, or do something embarrassing. The Lord, when He is received and given permission to move through you and move through your everyday life, rarely, rarely, what I've found, rarely, Will he ask you to speak about him? Will he ask you to stand on the corner with with signs and scripture and verses? He's not going to ask you to do those things. He's going to ask you to be kind, to show love, to put on grace and be joyful in your day to day life. He's not going to ask you to go to the gas station. Hey, when you wake up today, I know you got to go get gas. You got a bunch of things to do, but I want you to go. I want you to preach a sermon for three hours at the register. That's not it. He is going to ask you when you're there and they ask you how you're doing. Hey, how's your day? And they're mindlessly just scanning your stuff. They're just being polite for you to respond and then ask them, how's your day? Make eye contact. Look at them. Be kind. When you see somebody um, struggling with their groceries or, or somebody that's going to put their cart back or anything like that, just displaying and putting on display the kindness of God, the goodness of God. He's going to ask you to be kind. He's going to ask you to be genuine. He's going to ask you to be loving. And that's all easy. And he will do more through your nonchalant interactions than you can imagine. This week he's been teaching me about these nonchalant just interactions. These everyday interactions that we take for granted. That we, we, we don't hold any weight or gravity to these interactions. But what I've found is that in these times where I've just taken a little bit of my time to show kindness, to have a conversation with somebody, what I've seen is the presence of God show up and begin to manifest himself in them. And it's so funny because oftentimes we think we're going to have to bring Jesus up. Like, oh, I want to get this conversation on Jesus. I want to share the gospel. I want to do these things. But when you live with the presence of God and you're just being genuine and you're just interacting with this person, you genuinely care, you genuinely love them, you genuinely are in this in this space, you're, you're, you're attentive, you're paying attention, you're present in the moment. What will end up happening, what I've seen this week, is they will bring up Jesus for us. They will start having the conversation. They will circle it back to God because what have they been in? They've been in the presence of God the entire time. And all things are made for Him and through Him. And I do not believe that you can encounter the living presence of God in your midst and not be affected by it, not be drawn to it, not to begin to yearn for the glory of the Lord that has been anointed and set apart for them, just as it was for you. Amen? Amen. The Lord will use the nonchalant. He will use these moments. So don't be afraid to step into obedience. Don't be afraid to receive and say yes to God. We've had this question over the last several weeks. Are you ready? The Lord asking us as a church, are you ready? Making sure that we're prepared for what comes next. And we've all said yes. But it is not enough to just say yes. Stevie's back there saying yes. If she can do it, you can do it, right? But we also step in. You cannot just say yes, yes, Lord, I want you to use me. And he says, okay, move forward. And we're like, eh. No, the yes requires a step of faith. 
to step into what the Lord has for you. And we've talked about this because there were so many in here that knew the Lord was calling them into something, but they're in this place of no. They were weary. They didn't want to do it. They were scared. They were fearful. And so they wouldn't step into these things. But then we come to this moment of, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. But what is required next? An action, a step of faith, stepping into what the Lord has for you and receiving what he's going to do in and through you. All we've got to do is engage our community church. One of the easiest things to be actionable, he said this, to just engage the culture. Be at the football games. Be at the events that we have. And, and this week was a big week for Sundown, Texas. We had the start of football season with um, scrimmages taking place here at home. And I know the JV only got to play, but I'm telling you, I've had several conversations with people um, in the community this week since this Thursday night game. And everyone has said that it felt different in that stadium. It, there was joy. The air was light. The goodness of God was evident. I was walking around. Everybody had a smile. Every, I mean, we were people were shouting at each other, just having conversations from across the stadium. Because we were, it felt for the, for the first time, it felt like sundown was becoming one. One people, one body. And then we have oil patch days and we have this amazing chamber of commerce that loves the Lord, that is seeking the Lord. And we have so many of them in here that um, are part of that. So thank you for those that are a part of this house that are investing in this community. And we had the greatest oil patch days we've ever had in my eight years here. I have never seen such a turnout. We have never, we've only done the float. This is only our third time to do a float. We've never run out of candy. And Melissa goes hard. Melissa's a serious children's minister. She brings a massive tub full of candy and we ran out. We were throwing candy to kids from First Street all the way to the, what's the, what's the street? Huh? Yeah, what's the street? Collins, thank you. I've lived here for a long time. I don't, I still don't know. I know there's that street, that street, and that one. Like, and that's their names. <laughs> All right? Um, but we, we were, we, there were people, there were thousands of people at this. And everyone was, had a smile on their face. We were all together. We, the conversations that I was having with people were just amazing. It was fun. The goodness of God was all over it. And I could feel the shift in the air. I could feel a shift in the atmosphere. That the Lord, this swell, of the, this fresh breeze was beginning to roll in. And the goodness of God was all over it. It was profound. It was amazing. And all it required of us was to be present and engage those people. To have conversations. When you're standing in line for a hot dog or a snow cone or fajitas, there's a lot of good food yesterday too. And... We were just, the, all the Lord needed of us in these moments was to be present, to be kind, and to love the people, that, the, the person that was across from us. And you were going to see the glory of the Lord may, be made manifest, and that's exactly what we saw yesterday. The glory of the Lord, there is a shift. The Lord is doing a new thing in Sundown, Texas. Amen? Amen. 
He is restoring dreams to the dreamer. This is, this is one of the most exciting things for me because I'm a dreamer, but what I'm seeing is I'm seeing dreamers being placed in positions of leadership throughout this community and they are seeking the Lord and the Lord is supplying their dreams over Sundown, Texas. It's profound. The interactions, the conversations that I'm having with fellow dreamers and everything rooted in the presence of God. These dreams are coming to fruition. Amen? He is restoring sundown in its people. And he said that he is going to do a restorative work. He is going to restore sundown. He is going to restore its people to the image that he would have us reflect. He is going to make himself manifest. He is going to be reflected in us clearly. And over the last few weeks, he has made this so incredibly apparent how he is restoring Right now, this is a restorative work, the river of life coming through Sundown, Texas to bring restoration. This is not worldly restoration. He's not restoring us back to the starting line. You restore an old vehicle, you restore it back to its original, uh, its original design. You restore it back to the very first day it existed. In the kingdom of God, that is not restoration. He is not placing us back at the starting line. He's placing us in the lead where we were always meant to be. He is placing us in the place that we would be if we had never lived a day without Him. Anointing you, consuming you, and filling you, restoring the years that the locusts have taken. And He is placing us in leadership positions to lead this community into the presence and goodness of God. And I try, I've been trying to pay attention when I end up having a same conversation with so many different people. And that's what has happened over the last few weeks in talking about restoration and what he's doing. It has come back to one place every single time we've begun to talk about this conversation or have this conversation of restoration. The Lord said three weeks ago that he was going to restore relationships. And I didn't know how exactly he intended to restore it, but it became very clear through counseling and through different conversations with people that how he is restoring relationships in Sundown, Texas is he is calling us into a place of forgiveness. What I have realized in so many conversations with him, because this all starts with me and my conversation with him, but then having conversations with others, there are so many of us holding on to past hurt and unforgiveness, and it, is, it has turned our heart bitter. It has led us into turmoil. It has created strife and grief and frustrations and this void, and you can never step fully into what the Lord has for you holding on to such things. And there, there is, I've had so many conversations with people, there is so much hurt that they carry. So many things that have been done to them, unjust things. Uh, moments and interactions, uh, little, little kids. I'm having conversations with adults of moments when they were little kids and the things that were done to them by, by family members, people that they should be able to trust the most, being abandoned by people that they thought were for them and not against them. I've rec- I, I, I heard this quote this week that loneliness is not the feeling of not having anyone. It's the feeling that no one has you. And there have been so many people that have lived in this place because they have had these things done to them and they have felt like no one has me. And they have lived with this unforgiveness and it has turned toxic into them and the Lord is calling us into this place where we would forgive those that have hurt us. 
forgive, and not even just people, but forgive, uh, forgive just different moments. Forgive yourself for different things that have happened in your story, but we have been harboring as a people of God unforgiveness for far too long. And before we can step into what the Lord has next, forgiveness is the key. That we would live and be a people who offer forgiveness without condition as the Lord did for us. Amen? This is what the Lord has. There's so many of us carrying hurt and turmoil, and the Lord is calling us to restore these things. Your relationship with the Father, again, can't take the shape it needs to take if unforgiveness lives in you. Turn with me to Matthew 18. Verse 21 is where we'll start. And we know this passage. We know it well. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment, and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant. I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. We have been forgiven of all. How can we not also forgive those who have wronged us? Under no conditions, under no terms of service or interaction, the Lord offers His forgiveness to everyone. He sent His only Son that whoever would believe in Him shall not die but have eternal life, that the blood of Jesus would cover them. The forgiveness of sins has been made available to everyone that has ever been and ever will be. All we've got to do is receive it. With no terms or conditions. He just, we just get to receive it. How can we not also show the same forgiveness towards those that harm us and hurt us? With no expectation or terms or conditions, but simply forgiveness because we were first forgiven. Jesus on the cross said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. As he is dying, he is pleading for their forgiveness, for those that have just tortured him, that are casting lots over his clothing before him as he's bleeding and suffering. He, 
he asks and pleads for the Lord to forgive them. And building on this church, this is a step of preparation. The Lord is preparing us to be able to receive what comes next. But we cannot exist with unforgiveness in this season. Unforgiveness will keep you stagnant. And we have been called to change, to charge, excuse me, to charge into the valley of dry bones. Amen. The Lord has said that he is placing us in the valley as he placed Ezekiel. And he will give us words to speak. And what we will see is we will see dead bones come to life in Sundown, Texas. We will see the lost restored. We will see the lost given new life. And we will be led and we will lead this community to the mountaintop again. But we have got to receive this word today because unforgiveness will keep you from being able to charge into what the Lord has for you. Again, yesterday at Oil Patch and in the JV scrimmage that church, the air is lighter. There is joy in this community. And I could feel it all day yesterday. It is becoming, Oil Patch Days has just become one of my favorite days of the year because with each year, There just seems to be more and more joy, but this year was just different. It there was such a freshness in the air. And I had I had so many conversations with people about that fact that it just felt different out here. Everyone continued to say, man, the air just feels lighter. Like that's the presence of God upon us. Moving in, rushing into this community to do a new and a beautiful thing. The Lord is on the move, church. But we must step into all that He has for us. Today, it's forgiveness. Samuel, 1 Samuel 19, verse 18 says, Now David fled and escaped, and he came at Samuel at Ramah and told him all that Saul had done to him. And he and Samuel went and lived in Neoth, and it was told, and it was told to Saul, Behold, David is at Neath in Ramah. Then Saul sent messengers to take David. And when they saw the company of prophets prophesying and Samuel standing as head over them, the Spirit of God came upon the messengers of Saul and they also prophesied. When it was told to Saul, he sent other messengers and they also prophesied. And Saul sent messengers again a third time and they also prophesied. Then he himself went to Ramah and came to a great well that is in Secu. And he asked, where are Samuel and David? And one said, behold, they are Neath and Ramah. And he went there to Neath and Ramah. And the spirit of God came upon him also. And as he went, he prophesied until he came to Neath and Ramah. And he too stripped off his clothes and he too prophesied before Samuel and lay naked all that day and all that night. Thus it is said, is Saul also among the prophets. I was having a conversation last night. I just, I I got to go back up uh, at seven o'clock and run a game for kids and um, at at our little church tent and we got to do that, and then I just got to have some fellowship with some good friends. And in that, in that fellowship and in that conversation, and just the presence of God is just stirring in this conversation, and there's just such joy and excitement over what the Lord is doing. And the Lord added a piece to this word for today. 
the Lord, the Lord said, I was leaning, I was leaning next to this, this, uh, this tree talking to Sammy Diaz and I, I had to tell him like, when you were talking, the Lord was building more of this sermon. It was just amazing. I, was, I told him I was asking the Lord as we were talking because I didn't want to stop having that conversation because that was profound as well. But I just continued to tell the Lord, like, please don't let me forget what you're saying right now. This is crucial. This is important. The vision that he was releasing. But the Lord said, as I leaned up against that tree, and this is for us, if we will step into forgiveness... That from this moment on, if we will offer forgiveness, if we will never adopt unforgiveness towards anyone else, if we will, we will receive this word, we will receive what the Lord is calling us into, we will choose to take action because this is an acting word today. You cannot just say, yes, I will choose forgiveness and then do nothing. You've got to go through it and you've got to say, I forgive them. I forgive. And if you've got to say it 10,000 times a day until it's true, say it 10,000 times a day until it's true in your heart. But offer forgiveness. And the Lord is asking us to do that right now. And what he has said is if you will offer this forgiveness, if you will live in this place of forgiveness, that those who seek to come against you from this moment on, as they journey to come against you, they will encounter the presence of God and they will begin to prophesy of who you are and what the Lord is doing in and through you. They will become those that stand in your corner, those that were coming against you. You will find them no longer in front of you coming at you. You will find them behind you speaking of what the Lord is doing in and through you. You hear what I'm saying today? This is a big word. This is a good word. The Lord is saying if we are faithful to step into this forgiveness, that those in this community that would still seek to come against you, that those in your story that would still seek to come against you, in their journey to come against you, they will find themselves for you. Can we receive that today? The Lord has said He is coming to restore relationships. And this is a new thing. I don't know what that looks like, but it's happened before. Why can't it happen again? The Lord did it to someone that, and I don't know of anyone that has anybody so angry at them that they're literally on their way to kill you like David had. He had several groups of people coming to kill him. And in the process of coming to him, what they ended up doing was prophesying of him and who the Lord had called him to be, that he will sit on the throne of Israel, that he will be our king, that he is anointed. And the Lord will do the same in your story. Praise God. What a mighty word. So I'm asking us now in this time, can we begin to go through and Understand that this is not a, a one and done. This isn't just going to happen today and it's just all going to be done and over with. There's going to be a journey in this. I've been in this journey and the Lord has been bringing me to moments, silly moments, moments that should not have lived in unforgiveness in my heart for so long, but they have. Unchecked. Un, um, un, just not paid attention to it all. From, from childhood, moments from childhood. I didn't even know I had unforgiveness from moments back then and the Lord is showing me these things and He's asking me in those moments, will you offer forgiveness now? Will you forgive as I've forgiven you? And so understand this is going to be a process, but if you are ready for what comes next, say yes and step into the process. Amen? Because the Lord has great and mighty things. The Lord is shifting the atmosphere of sundown Texas. That it would look more like the kingdom of heaven than it does a city and a state and a country. He's doing it before our eyes. 
So can we now step fully into what he has for us today? Because in your obedience, I'm telling you right now, there is a tangible result of your obedience taking place outside these doors. Continue to step into it in Jesus' name. Amen? We've got a new school year starting on Tuesday. Pray for them, but I believe this is going to be a profound year in that school. I believe that there are going to be lives that are transformed. There are going to be kids that run to Jesus, flock to Jesus, are saved, and that revival would begin to break out in classrooms. That, that the, the, the athletic program would, and it's already taken shape. It looks so different than it has in years past, and it's a beautiful and wonderful thing. There is a standard of Jesus over these kids and they're seeing what it is that the Lord is calling them into and the coaches are encouraging them, the teachers are encouraging them to step into these things. I believe this could be the most profound year that we've ever seen in that school because the kingdom of God has got a hold of it again. Amen? Let's step into what he has. Church, there's great momentum in the kingdom right now over sundown Texas and let's not be those that's put a halt to it. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.